0: Good morning, Dr. Joel. How are you?
1: Hi. Good morning. I'm good, guys. All awesome. right. Ready to answer some incredibly tough questions from our listeners. Always ready and willing. All right. Oh,
0: that's what we love about you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we got a question here uh, from our Digi Lightline from Bartholomew. That's a lovely Old-fashioned right, yeah. name Bartholomew is feeling Stranded because of COVID uh, He came to mm. Malaysia For work But can't leave To go back home Over the holiday period And it's left him Feeling very down Right
2: I think that's something We've been hearing A lot of um, You know uh, Expats for example Foreigners who come over To Malaysia to work And you know the, Traditionally There's this uh, mass uh, Exodus right During Christmas period And mm. things like that And yep. This year um, It's not easy I think a lot of uh, Malaysians themselves As well Who live like Let's say from Kuching or from Sabah or whatever it is They can't go back as well So it's not going to be it's not an easy time for anybody right? so I think the best thing we can do is to try and stay as connected as possible so don't shy away from using Zoom or, or Google Meet or something like that just to connect with friends and family members I mean it's really underrated how important Powerful just seeing someone can be, right? Not just through a phone call, but actually doing an activity with them, right? Um, We've encouraged clients to um, do their Christmas meals, for example, Chinese New Year meals with family as well. Mm. So while family at home, they've got their feast and all set up, right? Um, do something on your own, right? Cook your own meal, get ready so that when they're having the dinner, you can join in as well, right? Um, I heard of this really cool family where um, the, fam- the mom and dad actually shipped over the Chinese new cookies to them in Singapore because mm. they're working there. So that's just another way to try and um, connect the dots a bit better, right? La, right? Build yeah. more connections. I think the b- last best thing you can do is just to connect with friends, la. those who are around in KL, obviously within the safe range and you know, safety parameters and all that kind of good stuff, right? Mm. But, you know, you don't have your own family, you have the family you chose to be around, right? so that could be something that could help um, tie the times as well uh.
0: you know sometimes people um, know that like getting on Zoom and and seeing the families is a good thing to do but sometimes when you're feeling really low it's like you just don't want to do that it's almost like it amplifies what you're missing so how can you kind of rally yourself to just um, locking in in your schedule and keeping to it perhaps a a regular time when you catch up with your family Mm,
2: that's actually a really good idea so actually logging in the schedule uh, I think a lot of times especially those of us who work perpetually we live on our calendar Right. So if it's not a candle It doesn't work It's not there It doesn't happen mm. So it might be a good idea For you to actually Go in here and do that lah, Right. So put aside a time like Let's say on Friday evenings Or Thursday evenings or Whatever it is right, For two hours Make sure to call mom and dad Or your siblings And things like that And connect with them right. So that way it's scheduled It's a part of your life So you can't run away from it lah. And that's something That's a really good idea To do as well
1: Oh I see Because if you only live For the holidays it, There's too much of a high And after that There's too much of a low Crash. What yeah. 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 I oh, I see
0: Yeah Okay, Dr. Joel, we've now got a voice uh, note from our Digi Lightline from Jin. I'm in fine health, not particularly stressed about anything, but I've been having terrible nightmares for the past two months, like horror movie level and recurring mm. dreams about a serial killer. It's mm. starting to affect me in my day.
2: Wow. I think with dreams, it's always quite um, difficult uh, because, you know, uh, as much as we know about dreams and we know a lot about dreams, when you, you start having like recurring nightmares about serial killers and other varied themes, I think then there's a big question marks about it, uh, right? So, one idea or one theory behind it is that we dream about what we go to sleep with, right? So, if mm. we are really stressed out, for example, maybe, you know, the serial killer is analogous to a boss chasing you for a deadline or, or a piece of work or something like that, right? So, he's trying right. to hunt you down and get you to submit your work. <laughs> So, and then your mind manifests itself like in the dream of a serial killer, mm. right? Um, other people would have do something called dream interpretation, dream analysis, right? Trying to see whether there's any underlying themes behind it, right? So, if the common recurring uh, nightmare is about that uh, serial killer, right? Then we want to try and see whether it means anything to you or not, right? Mm. Perhaps there is a past secret or something that you're running away from. And this might be something that's quite uh, interesting to explore, right? I don't, uh, sometimes it could be. More deep-suited, um, you know, things that you've buried away. For example, sometimes it could be quite light and casual as well. Maybe it's just something that you uh, need to get off your system and it sense. So it's really pretty interesting thing to explore a little bit and see where it, it, it takes you guys. Because
1: like. mm. I know, it. Uh, they all say when you sleep, it's very <coughs> important for you to dream, but you mm. want to dream, obviously, good dreams, but
0: or have dreams that don't leave any impression. Exactly, right? don't but affect yeah. you. Yeah. How yeah,
1: yeah. badly does it affect your? faculties. I suppose if you have like a nightmare, obviously it messes up your day the next day, right? But
2: mm. I don't think it messes up your faculties in any way because that's what you're supposed to do. Well, that's what your body's supposed to do. La. But emotionally, it does leave an impact, la. especially if you're having the same dream again and again and again, la, right? Um, you'll be. Frightened of course you would be scared naturally your body will react as well so it's not surprising that Jin will wake up the next day with a heart racing pumping mm. sweating and stuff like that because your body reacts to what mm. your mind is uh, processing right? so a good way to, to try and mitigate it a little bit perhaps is that every night before you go to bed try and make yourself as calm as possible so you know you're soothing uh, scented candles um, light music um, some mindfulness, for example. You know, Those are really good ways to just try and calm your mind before you go to bed. That could be a balm towards the nightmares. Mm. Is
0: there something we could do in the morning that kind of shifts that state back to sort of a more fresher kind of, oh, that was a horrible dream. Okay, let's move on yep. kind of frame of mind. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, really good question. One really good thing that you can do is to just pan it down. So one thing that oh, the mind does really okay. well or or horribly, depending on how you look at it, is that we can take an idea and really run with it. And Mm -hmm. that's why we have things like microphones and Wi-Fi. And that's why I can do this call over Zoom, for example. In contrast, when we have a bad idea or a nightmare, we also let it fester. It's going to start growing and it's going to start growing roots. So we either become preoccupied by it, or we start adding meaning to it. But once we start panning it down, we take it away from our heads and put it on a piece of paper. Then we can look at it all more objectively. It's almost symbolic in that sense, of, right?
0: Okay, Doc. This one's from my uh, DigiLightline from Patricia who says, I keep getting mixed messages about whether or not I should send my kids back to school. Am I being a good parent to prioritise their social and academic development or is keeping them home safe and sound better because they're really not mm. thriving on online learning and schooling? Actually, I'm so glad Patricia asked this because you know I have those kind of mixed feelings myself I don't know
1: anyone's thriving with online learning to be honest (laughs) that's a
2: really good point right I think I think there are people who are benefiting from online learning maybe not the younger kids right but like university students and stuff like that so that's actually feasible for some people right but back to you, Patricia. I think it's something that is no. There is no right answer. There is no best answer here. That really, right? It really depends on situation to situation, person to person, right? I think a lot of times society will judge, right? Whatever we do, right or wrong, is going to be judged. Even taking the vaccines, people are judging. I mean, mm-hmm. it makes a lot of logical, yeah. practical sense to get vaccinated, right? But yeah. people mm-hmm. that are asking questions about things and like that it's just, it's a bit crazy, like if you ask me about it, like, mm-hmm. right? Same goes to sending your kids back to school. Whether you, I mean, there are a lot of merits to send her, sending your child back to school and also uh, downside. So the same goes with keeping them at home as well. So ultimately, it's what you and your child are comfortable with, right Patricia? Um, if you think that your child would uh, function better at school, learn more from school, then go ahead and send them to school as long as the precautions are met. Like, masks, sanitizers and things like that, right? And things that you can control, go ahead and control that. Like, um, and be comforted by that fact like, that you are making the best choice right here, right now for your child and that's the thing that you need to focus on.
1: Because I think it's it's stressful enough being a parent already mm. and then mm. when this happens and then because patricia asked the question am i being a good parent to whatever that, that's got to add even more pressure yeah. to an yeah. already stressful time
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah i think you just have to believe you're being a good parent that's just making a choice or a decision yeah right
1: yep and yep.
0: opinions are like noses everyone's got one but <laughs> dr joel
1: you said yeah. online learning some people are thriving with it some people are doing okay right yeah Yeah. Uh, because I'm doing online learning is, is it really working out for a lot of people sometimes I think it depends on the way
2: or the manner in which you learn right so, so the, you know there's some people who are very visual learners some people are more uh, audio learners some people are more tactile learners and things like that right so if you're a more hands-on kind of guy or, or learner right then online learning is gonna it's gonna be horrible for you because you can't do the work proper so like for us clinicians for example like we need to be able to see clients and work with clients and be in the same place with the clients to learn how to read body language and things like that this really kills us a little bit, right? Because we only have the visuals to, to work with or only the face to work with. Mm-hmm. We can't read body language and stuff like that, right? As opposed to someone who, let's say, um, I'm going to stereotype here, like, you know, let's say you're doing accounting, for example, or law where it's more visual, you're reading more text and, and digesting more data that we then online learning could be more feasible in that sense, mm. right? So it really depends on
1: who you are, what kind of learning styles you
2: have and what you're learning as well.
1: Though.
0: Doc, this is a message uh, from a Did You like line from David.
1: I was wondering if you could advise me on how to deal with feeling overwhelmed. Uh, meditation works for a while, going for walks, works uh, on and off. But I always seem to be sort of just managing this daily. I don't have one day where I don't feel overwhelmed at some point, uh, what would you suggest that I can do to uh, alleviate uh, being overwhelmed on a daily basis? Wow. Yeah, and some
2: people do feel that on a regular basis, like, especially if they have a lot of weight on their shoulders, a lot of responsibilities, right? So David, I think uh, what you're doing is great. The walks is good. Um, the meditation is good. But those are typically more... It's a, like a bandaid over a wound, basically, like, right? It's good to alleviate the the burden and anxiety when it happens, right? After it happens, right? So it's good. I'm, I feel the stress and then I go and do it and then I feel better after that. Like. Mm. But I think if it's something that's occurring every day, you might benefit from trying to figure out where it's coming from in the first place. I think we need to go ahead and find out where the, the root cause is like, and try and address it from there. Like, because if not, then it's just going to keep reoccurring. Like. If it's not daily, I wouldn't be as... Uh, I probably would say, yeah, keep doing your meditation and walks. But if it's going to happen on, a, on an everyday basis, then you need to find out where it's coming from and address it from there. Then you're going to find a bit more relief. Like, right? So I think that's what I recommend. Would you Sorry, suggest
0: that he goes to see somebody to actually help? That
2: might be a good idea, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There are some uh, online... Um, thought journals thought diaries that you can use to help mm. you explore a little bit on your own and some people if that it's not too uh, problematic they can do that and it, it's quite relieving but ultimately seeing a counsellor or a therapist might be a really good idea because that will give you um, really good insights and you can bounce ideas for someone as well right? which is always a nice thing to do
1: mm. So being m- overwhelmed is it <clears throat> a mental condition mental illness or is it something that everybody goes through and you can get over it and stuff like this
2: I think everyone will go through being feeling overwhelmed feeling anxious feeling stressed out, that's actually very common. La. I think it's the, the frequency and the severity of it. La, right? I mean, every now and then you know, a couple of times a week, you feel stressed out because of work and all that. That's absolutely normal. right? But if it's every day on the day and it's like regardless of what happens, you're just overwhelmed and stressed out. Then there's probably indication that something else is going on. You know, it's like things that happen around you in life are just going to amplify the already overwhelmed feeling that you have. Right? So underlying it, you're already overwhelmed already. Right? That will probably indicate that you might want to go dig around and try and figure out what's going
0: on. Doc, this is a message from ben on our digi Lightline who says i was wondering if you could help with pain management i've heard about Mm. this but don't know what it is is this something that i can help with my mind or with a different kind of therapy or as a different kind of therapy to medicine and supplements that i've already tried my nerve pain cuts through the pain meds and it's exhausting been in pain for over six months thanks ben right
2: that's a really good question ben and also quite a Pretty, relatively obscure uh, realm, like, especially in Malaysia. Like. Um, good news. I think a lot of times with uh, general pain, like, right, medication is actually really good to manage most pains, right. But there are some people who have like chronic pain and they cannot keep taking painkillers for the rest of their lives Like people with back pain, for example, slip this and things like that. So pain is something that just stays with them, like it's just part of their life, like, right. I think with therapy, um, it can be helpful, but I think the way in which it can be helpful, needs to be looked at differently. Lah, right? So when you go and see a therapist for pain management, right, it's not about getting rid of the pain. No, it's about living with the pain. So, it's almost like it's mm-hmm. a part of your life right now. Let's try and diminish its um, effect on you, but it's going to be there. But we're going to make sure that you're able to do what you need to do as much as you can uh, in that sense. And there are a lot of people who have to uh, deal with this uh, in that sense. Uh, I've got a really good friend who has um, difficulties with migraines and headaches and stuff like that. So, she has it on a daily basis, right? Okay. And wow. the doctor has said, and she's tried many, many painkillers, like super heavy duty ones and all, and it doesn't work, right? And she's worked with a therapist to try and learn how to live with it. Uh, you know? So, there are good days, there are bad days, and things like that. Um. There's also a pain clinic in Hospital Slyang, the the government hospital. Um, So I think they are the only government hospital that I know that has a pain clinic. And it's a fantastic uh, setup. It's made up of uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, doctors, pain doctors and things like that, right? So when you go and uh, join them, right, they don't only treat you physically and medically, but also psychologically as well. So you actually get some really good um, uh, treatment from there, in a sense. So you cover the whole spectrum of how you can manage pain and live with that pain.
1: That's fantastic. So Hmm. basically... I'm, I'm just trying to grasp this. That means he's always going to feel the pain.
2: I mean, if it's a medical condition and it's not going to go away very soon, like for example, those people who have broken legs, right? And it doesn't heal very well. You're going to walk with a limp and some pain for forever. This mm. is something that happens, right? In that kind of situation, then you will have to learn to live with it, right? It's not, I mean, maybe surgery can help, but mm. depending on what the doctor says, if the doctor says, look, it's going to be there, you can't get rid of it. Then you are going to learn to live with it, la, and instead of fighting against it. La, yeah, yeah,
0: There's. Uh, my acupuncturist was amazing when I had my accident and stuff, and the pain, it was it just gone for years, right? Um, and she basically said, what doesn't help you is actually you being angry about having yeah. the pain because it's going to hurt whether you're angry with it or you're in a happy mm, mood. right?" So she would sort of help me, and she was coaching me over that sort of um, period of time where nice. it was like really untenable. So now when my hip hurts and stuff, and I have a b- bad spate, I'm like, okay, I have the pain, but I'm also mm. other things as well. So, so you, know.
1: you want to get into, nice. in Ben's case, you want to get into, how pain, it's there, now what? What do I do? Yeah, We're not belittling it, la, but we're
2: trying to not let it dominate Ben's life, la, or Ben's day la, in that sense. La.